Welcome to Intro to Wakandan Studies, or as I like to call it, The Road to Wakanda. This is a carefree black nerd classroom in which The Road to Wakanda is intended to introduce students to the content and contours of Wakandan studies, including its genealogy, development, and future challenges. I am your professor, Rain Coleman, and in this session we will be studying Black Panther, A Nation Under Our Feet. This session will go over Ta-Nehisi Coates and Brian Stelfreeze's run of Black Panther beginning in 2016. This particular session will be a two-part session where we will go over the first couple issues of that run and dive into the themes, the character development, the new characters, the uh, overall kind of place that uh, T'Challa and Wakanda is in at the beginning of this run. Now, for those of you studying abroad and at home, be sure to use the hashtag RTWPod when listening to this session as live tweeting will be 50% of your grade. Now, turn to chapter 10 in your intro to Wakandan Studies text for information on Black Panther, A Nation Under Our Feet. Uh, and with me today on this very special day <laughs> is a uh, guest lecturer, a guest professor, and we have a Mr. J. And Jay, you can go ahead and introduce yourself and let everyone know where they can find you on your social medias and all that. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, it's Jay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Just Say Words Pod. Um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Now, the Ta-Nehisi Coast run of Black Panther, at the time of this recording, I believe we're up to 18 issues. Um, however, we will be covering the first three. And uh, I don't know, I guess to start off, any initial thoughts over, you know, about Ta-Nehisi Coates, about him picking up Black Panther, about the issue itself? Um, yeah, man. I mean, at first, I was initially kind of like, wow, it seemed really different for him, right? Mm -hmm. I had never really listened to him speak about, like, yo, I'm in the comics and stuff. I, I knew he was really into, like, hip-hop and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... Once it came around that yo, he's gonna write, um, he's gonna write for uh, Black Panther. I was like, kind of taken aback because I'm so used, I'm so used to the stuff that he writes for the Atlantic, um, the books, and so I was just kind of like, hmm, uh, I wonder how he'll tackle that. Um, but yeah, I was pleased with it. Yeah. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, I um, I heard when I got the the notification however many years ago that Black Panther was going to have a movie and also that there was a book coming down the pipeline. I was excited for it. Um, of course, knowing me, you guys should know my whole issue was please let there be a black man or a black woman writing and illustrating this book. And, you know, lo and behold, my prayers were answered through Ta-Nehisi Coates and Brian Stelfreeze, which is, I feel like they're doing an amazing job. But, um, when the f series first came out, I was working um, back up north, back in Michigan. I was working, and my work schedule was so hectic. And I was going every Wednesday to get my comic books from the bookstore. But Black Panther and even Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur were something that was so precious to me that I hadn't even cracked open a single issue. I was just collecting them. I was like, okay, I'm going to... Just hold on to these because I was under the impression that Marvel was going to cancel both Black Panther and uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur because that's just what they did. You got to an X amount of issues and then you were gone. And um, I guess once I saw that 
he was still going and other things spent out of Black Panther, such as World of Wakanda, written by Roxanne Gay, that lasted, I believe, six issues, and then Black Panther and the crew. I was like, okay, this is something that is going to continue at the very least until February 2016 when we get the holy grail of all movies, Black Panther, uh, see you in theaters. <laughs> but no, I was excited. Once I found out ta Coates was the, the writer, I, um, I was excited as hell because I'm like, okay, this is... No matter what, I know I can go into this blindly, picking up this book every week or every month, and without even opening it, I know it's going to be something good, something I'm going to enjoy. So, um, yeah, that's where I am <laughs> with Black Panther. And uh, I'll have to say again, I was not wrong. This is, to me, a very amazing, fantastic, magnificent piece of work, and I'm so excited um, that it's out, that it's out in print, so... Yeah, man, I'm. I agree. Like, um, the spinoffs is something that I didn't account for. Mm-hmm. Like, the spinoffs is something where I was more like, "Wow, whoa, we we're about to get this." Like, the Black Panther and the crew. Yeah. Um, definitely the same thing. This, this, I felt the same way. I felt, um, good about the world of Wakanda, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like you were saying this, the same thing too, where you're like, "All right, as a as a reader." Um, and a supporter, you want to do your part because this company has um, has a tendency to cut things short, True. regardless of the numbers, mm-hmm. right? And then they try to spin it back on us like, well, y'all didn't support it like you were supposed to, right? right? So um, I definitely felt the same way. I, I'm a big fan of Roxanne Gay. Um, so yeah, I definitely understood what you were saying like yo i need to go get this book because they have the tendency Mm -hmm. to chop things down and so that's that's where my mind was so the spinoffs were more like oh like you said oh wow they are going to keep continuing this they're going to feed this okay that's dope Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah now and and it's, it's no secret that i'm sure the movie having a set date and being like this book's kind of working up to it, so I'm. But I'm not going to use that as discrediting anything that Tanahasi Coast has done because it's still an amazing book. Um, when I was going through listening to podcasts, I listened to a lot of comics-related podcasts, of course, and um, some of them are majority white, and I feel like they mean well. And everybody's opinion matters. I mean, well, everyone is entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. It's still your opinion. But um, it was a lot of talk about when the first issue came out, how people couldn't get into the book and because it was so slow and because he's a prose writer then coming over into comic books, we got to give him time to adjust. And I'm like, I had to put my own feelings to the side and say and read it myself from cover to cover and see if there was something in what they were saying that I could relate to. But I couldn't because I'm reading through it and I'm like, this man has presented you a story, a full story in the first issue. The art mm-hmm. is amazing. It works in tandem with the story itself. He gives you a beginning, middle, or end. You know what the what the issue is. Like I just didn't understand what their um I guess concerns were. Uh so I asked you, Professor J <laughs> with um that critique being, oh, it was pretty slow and he has to maybe get adjusted to writing for comics. Is that something, is that a sentiment that you share that this first issue was maybe not as um, comic-y in the writing, I guess, as other books? Like, do you think that there's something to what they were saying? 
I mean, so so I look at it like this. Like I hadn't read comics in a while, but I am aware. Like normally, the first issue, they try to give you everything up front, just like any like the first movie, right? right? They try to give you. Uh, all the powers, origin stories, you know, they trying to give you the backstory, they trying to give you action and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and since I'm the opposite of you, like, I don't really travel in those circles where people mm-hmm. talk about comics, so I was kind of left to, like, my, you know, own devices and my own thought. So when I, so when I was listening, or not listening to it, when I was reading it, um, it, it was a lot to take in for the first issue, mm-hmm. right? It was a lot, like, reading it for him to be torn like i'm i'm your king mm-hmm. why are y'all against me i'm for y'all right, <laughs> and, right, right. and the people being like nah that's actually not true <laughs> <laughs> so 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 it was a lot of it was a the there were a lot of like multiple layers of things where as especially as readers and as men, there was a little bit of stuff that we all could address. There was a mm-hmm. little bit of like shame that he didn't want to talk about, mm-hmm. the pressure of the other men in his family, mm-hmm. um, having to rule and the people not listen to him, and the the burden of being like, oh, look, man, I'm I'm trying to do the best I can with what I got, but mm-hmm. I need y'all to work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a first issue, it was more heavy than anything. Like yeah. of any first issue I've ever read of any comic book. I'm just like, this is a heavy <laughs> first issue. Like, right, right. Whatever. 20 some odd pages or what, how many ever it yeah. is. It's, it's, this is a lot. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, even when I reread it, uh, recently, I just was like, yeah, no, I still feel like this is a heavy first issue. If it did like for a comic book, I would be like, wow, this is, yeah, this was a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I agree. And that being a good enough segue into the actual issue itself, which is one of the, the way that Tanahasi laid out the, or the way he did his storytelling kind of in blocks, like again, I was saying with the Great Mound, that's where we start off. It feels like very much of chapter one. You know, it feels like, okay, this is the world you're opening up on. Uh, T'Challa has been hitting the head with a rock, maybe some vibranium or something, and he is mm-hmm. down on his knees. And it, Coates and Stelfreeze did a very good job at with the cinematography in the book, with the storytelling, but with presenting us, like you said, with this heavy-ass story that it isn't a bad guy versus good guy. It isn't a cut black and white. This is what it is. Two plus two is four. This was very much, I'm fighting these people. I'm holding back. These people are my people. Um, They have legitimate concerns. I'm trying to address the concerns. But at this point in time, the frustration and the tension is so high that my um, presence is making it even worse. So Mm -hmm. I, at the Great Mound with these... (laughs) I don't know, these minds, which let's address the Great Mound for a second. The Great Mound, I believe, is where um, in Wakandan history, the alien spaceship fell to the ground, and that's where they've mined the vibranium, um, which makes, which has assisted with making Wakanda one of the wealthiest, greatest, more technologically advanced areas in the world um, because of this. So these people are like his bread and butter. These are the people, the backs that the kingdom has been built on are these people here. So 
Mm-hmm. Man, uh, uh, yeah. Any any thoughts about this um, this scene at the Great Mound? I mean, yeah, like it it is intense for you to be the hero or champion of Wakanda, the king, and then show up to basically a mine and be like, y'all good? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, we ain't good. Like, no, we not good. And like you said, we have legitimate concerns. You're, you're running this country, uh, all crazy. Mm -hmm. And, um, the people should be in charge, right? And like yeah. you said, they want they want to be heard, and he's trying to answer with his political answers. Listen, man, I'm here for y'all, but you know, let's work together. And they was like, like you said, now you got hit upside the head, right? Right? Because <laughs> we not trying to hear that right now. Nah, nigga, nah. Uh, yeah, like nah, fam, <laughs> we not trying to hear that right now. <laughs> um, and like you said, he was holding it back because he was like, look, man, like y'all, my people. I know I don't want to do this to y'all, but it was a lot, and that's just not something. Uh, that's not something you do. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that. Listen, if you own a mine, don't show up down there. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't go down there and be like, "Hey, everything good?" No, this is terrible. I don't right, want right. to be here. The 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 other part of this that kind of fucked me up is that um, we have is it Zinni or Zinsi? God Lord, I just had this written down. Homegirl. Who's the empath? She's very, um, and I can't even say she's empathetic. She is able to pull your darkest truths from you. And that's what made this scene that much more darker and more, like you said, heavy for me is when I realized, because when I saw her there in her little green uh, Ivy Park outfit, I said, (laughs) I know clearly there's something going on with her. And this fight is going on. She has something to do with it. But later on, when we find out that she, for lack of a better term, she enhanced everyone's emotions, which was the disdain and the anger and the frustration, causing this riot to begin with, or at least fueling the fire that was this riot, to know that T'Challa is fighting his people because of these issues that they have, but they're seen as almost the bad guys for the reader because it's like, why are you fighting a Black Panther? He's the hero. But then you figure out, no, these people have legitimate concerns, even though they're kind of being forced or controlled by this lady momentarily. These are She's only pulling out their actual feelings. She isn't creating anger and mass hysteria. She's amplifying what they already feel inside. That was, when, that, when I realized that, mm-hmm. uh, I, that, I was like, I'm always here for a good villain, quote unquote villain, and I'm I was there for her. I I'm a fan. <laughs> no, yeah, it was definitely intense. Like um and like you said it wasn't it wasn't given away like right up front. Mm-hmm. It was more like the longer you read like oh, what? Right. And, and and even when T'Challa like realized what she was doing, he was just kind of like like you said, he wasn't even treating her like a villain. He was yeah. more or less like she all like all like you said, all she's doing is amplifying the way they already feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's not even doing something where she's trying to talk to them and be like, "I mean, look, he doing y'all like this. That's foul. I right. wouldn't do that." Like it was more like, oh, she was more like, "No, nah, I understand." <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, this 
And um, I looked it up, Zenzi, Zenzi, excuse me, it's her name, Z-E-N-Z-I. And um, I said, okay, I want to just read through the issues and I don't want to look up anything. But I couldn't very well read through it because, again, reading through this the first go-round and not knowing her as a character, which, by the way, those out you, um, those are, those out you, those of you out there <laughs> in the student seats, Zenzi is created by um, Brian Stelfreeze and ta Coates. So, taking a quick sidebar, you have this powerful-ass character who is a baseline human. I think later on, T'Challa um, refers to her as some type of metahuman. I want to say that's the word he used. All that being said, this is yet another woman, a black woman, who has been created, who is so fucking important, albeit kind of anti-hero, villainish or whatever, but she's so powerful. She's getting under this motherfucker's skin and he's the king of Wakanda. It's like they've created this monster, quote-unquote, but she's going to be in the Marvel Universe for some time. This motherfucker's going to show up in screen somewhere or in somebody's cartoon, and I'm, I'm just grateful for that. But <laughs> taking a step back, Zensi, she possesses the ability to read and control the emotions of others on a large scale. She is able to lift the emotional veil and reveal their deeper, truer selves and bring it to the surface. She can also use her powers to push the limits of the human body, allowing the soldiers of the people under her influence to march day and night without any rest. And that's not even the entirety of her um, capabilities, which is like, man, this... <sighs> Look, <laughs> I'm a, a fan. <laughs> I'm yeah, a fan. A so, um, yeah, so like you said, we find out later on that she is um, amplifying these already um, ill feelings. And I like that reading through this book, Black Panther, of course, is the hero. He's the good guy. He's the superhero. I read him in, um, uh, uh, what's the damn book with Carol Danvers and Blue Marvel and Monica Rambeau? Uh, the space. Why am I blanking? I don't know if you would know the. Um, no, you got me beat. God this damn it! Is, I come to you for all the comic. Ah, shit! And I was collecting this forever in a day. Those of you out there, one of you students out there listening, yelling at me, tweet me carefree blur. <laughs> but either way, he. Um, I bring that up just to say that T'Challa is the hero. Um, Black Panther is the good guy, quote unquote. But he's fighting with his own people, and he's fighting with his own people because of his absence as a presence or as a king. The concerns mm-hmm. that these people have is that you are the king of Wakanda. You left your sister dead, so we don't have a queen either. You gallivanting around America with these white folks and mm-hmm. all up in space and everything, but it doesn't serve to um, keep Wakanda uh, protected. You know, you're gone. And yes, we can take care of ourselves, but at the same time, this is your duty. This is what you're supposed to do. If you're not here and up for the challenge, then let the bloodline go elsewhere. But I feel like this struggle between country and Black Panther or Black Panther versus country, I get exactly where they're coming from. Nigga, you are the king. That's like if Obama had spent 100 days or every other day off in Russia or off in Africa, which was like, okay, you're doing your thing as the leader of the free world, but you're never here. You're not focusing on us. So I guess, how do you feel about this, this conflict? Like, do you feel like it's black and white? Do you feel like the um, Wakandans um, have a leg to stand on in that argument? Or is it just like, no, he's black Panther. He's right. No, no, 
I know I definitely agree with the with the Wakandans, man. Like just like you said, y'all, you out here, you running the streets with the uh, all the other Avengers. Think it's cool, like you said, you took the space trip, uh, doing all the other stuff. You left your sister in charge. She died. She did. <laughs> yeah, she she's not here with us. Um, then on top of that, we want to remind you constantly that you not running a country. In a good way, because we keep bringing up how your dad used to run it, mm-hmm. how your uncle used to run it, mm-hmm. and now you got it, and it ain't the same. Ain't. Yes, yes, we have more gadgets now. We have more technology. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. We got the new iPad running the new iOS. Bruh, because they, everybody, yes. it's <laughs> good, That's good a household book. staple. You don't live in Wakanda without an iPad 64. <laughs> yeah, like we we thank you. We appreciate everything. We got the Nest thermostats and all of that. <laughs> but, but damn, homie, we out here living foul. Yeah. We out here living foul. Like let us do our thing. Take like you said, take care of us as a people. Like we really not we not asking for much or we don't feel like we asking for much. Mm-hmm. And you not hearing us, so now we clicking up and doing what's best for us. Yeah. That I like two things um, I want to mention. One, this feels very much, and I don't want to compare it to Game of Thrones, but that's the the first thing off the top of my head that I can think of, where it is this epic war overall, like this whole overarching thing of there's some war coming, and we have these different factions that are going through their own issues trying to get ready to seize the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, I really like that T'Challa isn't the good guy or the hero, one, I think the story would be boring because, you know, whatever, there's no drama. But two, I like the fact that we've taken, when you look at Black Panther over the course of his run, let's even say over the last 10 years, and the things he's done, like I said, he was um out in space. I'm going to Google what the hell that book was, but he's been doing things, and he's been the hero in these stories. And when you read those stories, it's like, oh, okay, hey, this is featuring Black Panther. He's in this book. And it's good for what it is. But Coates went back and took those stories. And I think he, well, I feel as if he took it and he viewed those through the lens of an actual person. And this is what happens when you get a person of color and diversity in writing. All the things that T'Challa did that were amazing in these other books, it's still amazing things that he's done. But when you see the length of his run and he is always in New York or he's always at Avengers Tower or he's always in Brooklyn or he's always here, that's time that we're reading him that he's always not in Wakanda. He's not being king. He's not, So it's like, on the one hand, he has done these great things throughout his run. But then on the other hand, when he's doing these great things, it hasn't been in Wakanda. It's been in America because that's where this motherfucker jet sets off to every time. Every chance he gets. So I like that nothing that... <clears throat> I feel like ta Coast has taken the runs that Black Panther has been in and applied them to real life. Because again, if we, you and I, Jay, are Wakandans and we are sitting here in 2017 and we have this strife in our country... If Black Panther is supposed to lead us over the last 10 years, he's been in New York for the last 10 years. Who has been leading us? Who has right. been? So I like I like that, that, I don't know. I like that, that shit, just that alone. I like that, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's absolutely fair. And, and to, to piggyback on your Game of Thrones um, analogy, I do feel like now that he's back in Wakanda, 
that he is more of the Ned Stark um, mm-hmm. in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Where he, like you said, like, okay, I was off doing my thing, um, but I thought I was doing what was right for the kingdom. Right. So, like you said, he's not the hero, but he is the one with a stronger moral compass, right? Yeah. Or or he's more torn. He's willing to be vulnerable and be torn. Like, listen, man, I know I was gone. Yeah. And But what I was doing was... I thought I was protecting y'all from, I was trying to keep y'all away Mm -hmm. from dangers that y'all didn't know about. Cause it was something even that his mom referenced um, later on when she was like, you took on enemies that Mm. your father Mm. and your uncle could never, couldn't even dream about. Bruh, yes. (laughs) And so we appreciate you for that. But also you like everything else that's happening is kind of your fault too. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. but I appreciate you for doing, like you said, like he showed you like, look, the things that you did, we appreciate you. You dope for that. But also you did not take care of home and now you have to suffer a little bit. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's very much like, again, when I was writing notes for this lesson, <laughs> it was, I kept, I got so into the story. It was very emotional for me. Um, I like the different relationships, like moving forward past the Great Mound when we get to the Golden City, the capital of Wakanda, and we have Io pleading the case for Anika to not be um, uh, imprisoned. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the um, what Mother uh, Ramon, Ramon, God, Lord, Queen Mother, shit, what she said to T'Challa, and it was so many moments like that that happened in every single scene. Like this first one at the Great Mile, you're getting the point of view of T'Challa, the Black Panther. You're getting his, you know, his frustration with one having to fight his people, but having to try to get this point across and knowing that there's some devious entity there that is pushing this along. Then you get this here, and when Ayo was pleading the case for Anika, and she said, you know, um, uh, pretty much Wakanda is in chaos. Um, the streets are infested with robbers. Uh, farmers are cut down in their own fields. And your daughter, Shuri, the former Black Panther, the queen, uh, she has vanished. And my boo, or my, well, not my boo, my, my uh, strong partner who's independent and can take care of herself, Anika, did what the fuck y'all didn't do. This man, and what I gathered from that scene, I don't know if maybe you read it differently, but either this man was like attacking or raping or mistreating prisoners or doing those same things to just women in general. And Anika swooped in and said, no, nigga, not today, and ended up murdering this man. And now she's being judged by the queen and she's being judged to, uh, should be locked up and thrown away. Now, did you read that the same way or am I... No, no, no. I definitely read that. When I was looking at it, I know there was some type of like uh implied sexual assault mm-hmm. happening um within that I guess wherever that was. Was that like some prison? Yeah, I that's that what was I'm a, I don't know if it's a prison. I don't know the location, yeah. That yeah, it looks regardless, it, it looks terrifying. It doesn't look Yeah. Like, it looked like some type of camp or something like right, that where right. they was keeping keeping people hostage. Yeah. And like you said, she swooped in and was like, nah, it's not going down. And yeah, homie got his head cracked open. Listen. And, <laughs> and I was just like, I think 
it, and I don't want to go too far ahead because I know uh, I know we're going to talk about it, but it's a lot of that going on where yes. in in the book in these um, first few um, in our first few books, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people taking justice into their own hands, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everybody is doing the like. I'm glad that person did it. Yeah. And the other person's like, no, we have a system here. Let mm-hmm. the system work. And like everybody's like, we don't have patience for justice. Yeah. We, we can't we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when she took homie out because he was out here, um, I rem- yeah because right before that happened, which is crazy to even write, mm-hmm. but it's simply the grandmother telling the granddaughter in that thing to mm-hmm. be like, don't yell. And don't cry. Yeah. And don't fight. Mm-hmm. Let them do their thing, mm-hmm. and it'll all be over with. That, and that is a it. It's te- that's terrifying it in is. a comic book to read. To let somebody tell you like, look, let them do their thing, so we can survive another day. And I know that that is a. Uh, I I wonder what how that went over when somebody was like, yo, we have to submit this. Mm-hmm. That's something that ran through my mind. Like y'all really wrote that and that. Oh, that is like like we said. That's kind of the theme. Like this is still kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was even more terrifying for me because Brian Stelfreeze has done such a great job with making these African people look like black people, and not to say it would be even less. Um, I don't know, terrifying if things were white women or Asian women or Mexican women. But the very fact that these people resemble in color and facial features and hair women of color black women i was like god damn this is this is it like i said i had an emotional reaction to a lot of the shit in this book and that was one of the things i was just oh it hit me in the gut like for real yeah there was a um a moment when um io was speaking to queen mother Romanda and um she said that in defense of Anika she said Anika spoke to this man as the fathers and brothers should have spoken long before and when she did and when she was not heeded she did as the honor of the Wakandan fathers and brothers has always demanded and it's just like this scene very much reminded me of how to get away with murder. Now I'm um, very behind on how to get away with murder, but I was online and I saw this gift set of these two women who I assume are lawyers. It was a lighter skinned lady and the the woman, the other woman you can see her face, it was shot from behind her. Um, I think it was a uh, home girl, the dark skinned girl, the Keating fire. Either way, the woman, the older lady said to her, she said, he is a man. If he fucks up, he's a fuck up. You are a woman. If you fuck up, Women have fucked up. So you go out there and you destroy him. And I was just, it, it, mm. to, I tried to put myself in other people's shoes. There's only so much I can do being a cis man and be still a black man. So I understand, you know, persecution and all that other good stuff. But I'm trying to put myself in the place of these women and that gift set, albeit just something I saw online, very much shook me. Like that Wendy Williams on Halloween did. Like it was like, (laughs) it was like you can have these issues and not even just relating it to black and white. It's just the fact that, like she said, you are a woman. If you fuck up, women are fuck ups. And the fact that this woman, this Dora Milaje, whose job is to 
be the pretty much secret service of Wakanda has to go in and take care of this nigga because he's out here doing God knows whatever to these Wakandans. It's like, oh my God. I was, yeah, the young people. Bruh, I, I was pissed. I was so angry. But that's, I was with um, Ayo, Ayo during her um, defense and I was trying to very much be on her side, which I still am because I feel like, shit, if she got to take matters into her own hands, there's a breakdown in the system because this man should have been taken care of long ago. But mm-hmm. when Queen Mother took her hood off, which, mind you, her hood, taking a side note, looks very much like the Black Panther um, suit. Like, it's very much that black with that purple. Like, it looks like a version of the Black Panther suit. I don't know if this um, hooded cloak she's wearing is made of vibranium but I would guess that it probably has something in there mm-hmm. um, but she said to her like pretty much in short no I'm not giving this girl a pass she killed this man we still have rules to abide by you are the Dora Milaje you are the champions of Wakanda you are the motherfuckers who they write fables about and for you to act as a vigilante it does she, what she say, it doesn't. it doesn't do my heart any good or any joy to do this uh, but pretty much, no, nah, motherfucker, she's going to jail. And I was just, yeah. again, the, <sighs> bruh. <laughs> no, it's real. Like, it was real because, like you said, like, she, um, like you said, Io was out there pleading her case and explaining, like, I'm telling you, like, you should let her go. This is, I mean, she did what was necessary. And like you said, when, <laughs> when mama pulled that hood off, right, she was looked at her and was like, no. <laughs> nah, fam. We, we not about to talk about this. No. Yeah. You you know what's up. We like just like we were talking about for the rest of the Wakandans, we have a system in place. Mm-hmm. It's not for you to take justice into your own hands. True, true. And and like you said, in in that situation where she's talking about, listen, you are like you said, you're the secret service <laughs> up here. <laughs> you can't just be out here trying to play some, you know, stalking the shadows and taking out uh, rapists and all the other stuff. We have systems and all the other stuff, but like, no, is I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. We still have laws to uphold. We still have to keep things. And I didn't know if, um, by her doing that, it, it seemed the way it was written, like it came from a good place, right? Mm-hmm. Where she was like, we we have to do what is right. Yeah. Because it's it's the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. But a piece of me was wondering, like, are you doing this? to also save face, right? Like, are you doing this to kind of like, look, man, we always done it this way. I don't want to do it no other way. Right, right, don't, right. I, you're not trying to see the humanity in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you're just kind of like, nope, it's, we already have it written down. This mm-hmm. is all logical. We do it by the numbers and we're good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but now that you say that, I, it gives me pause to think that as well because, and not to put the onus on this one woman to, you know, defend all women but I'm thinking like this is a woman who killed a man who was doing shit to other women so if she's saying no there has to be something that's making her say no but then again taking it back to the whole Game of Thrones uh, side of things is she you know being a little Cersei on the on, on the one <laughs> side like is she you know she is queen mother but hell she's queen mother yeah. she's in charge like oh yeah so uh yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> um, getting into the technology of Wakanda, because again, you can't live in Wakanda without an iPhone 
68 mm-hmm. iPad, mm-hmm. you know, hologram version. Like, whatever the fuck this jet is that T'Challa pulled, like, landed on, uh, it, I don't even... I don't yeah. know. I'm gonna put this image up somewhere because this shit is just fucking ridiculous. It looks very in line with the movie and how the mm-hmm. movie looks visually. That's what this yeah jet. What? Ugh, yeah, he pulled up with the ceiling missing. Like I don't know what, <laughs> what I, he did. Look, I was like, I, what? How does this even fly? <laughs> right. I'm, exactly. What is power in this goddamn thing? Because this is. It looks like a bird, but it looks like. A plane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is not Superman. Right, yes, right. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, but it got a front, it got a cockpit, but look. no wings, but a <laughs> but a tail feather. What is happening here? Yeah, he like all of like okay, again, everybody got their little iPhone iPhone iPhone, iPad, whatever. But even with just this jet and with the soldiers, like we look at movies and American soldiers are in their camouflage or in their little like suit and whatever, but seeing the Motherfuckers who were fighting on the Great Mile with T'Challa, these niggas is wearing, and I don't want to be disrespectful because I'm sure there's an actual name for this, but it's almost like a shawl, and they have this, yeah, feather on their head on this crown, like. But they was taking niggas out with like staffs and shit. They were, in my opinion, not dressed for combat because shit. If somebody stab you in the thigh, you that's a rap boy you out here. But, which, I don't know, I guess we should take on the, the technology of Wakanda so far. Yeah, I felt like that too, with the people at the Great Mound. I did feel like to, like T'Challa pulled up with the wild outfit, and it was just dudes out there with, like, the Dickies outfits and Tim's yes, on. I yes. was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, but, you know, I didn't know. I was like, all right, this ain't none of my business. <laughs> the technology, The technology really hit me. When, like you said, when he first went back home, mm-hmm. like when he pulled up after the fight and everything, mm-hmm. and he like was like running, not really running through the building, but he kind of like I could tell the way it was paced in the book was mm-hmm. like he kind of was walking with a little bit of haste in his step. Yeah, um, he, everything was like a hologram screen. He didn't. Yeah. I don't think he physically touched anything for Nothing. at least. Half the book where he was just like somebody handed him something, but everything else was just like some giant four four screen uh blue thing where he just was looking at people's faces and looking Listen. at people's profiles. He had a some orange thing yeah. shooting out of so I was like, yo, he looking at wild screens and nothing is attached to anything. I don't even yeah. know how this is showing up midair. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's that's the other thing, because even when Aya was um uh like defending Anika. She had, and I'm sure, I mean, it's the bracelet. I guess I see that, but God damn it, what's power in this bracelet that yeah. <laughs> you, and then kind of, sort of, I don't know if this is just comics magic, but the scene that um, that Ayo played for Queen Mother, you know, was a scene we saw when um, Anika killed that dude. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking, were you sitting there recording, like, world style? Like, what are you doing? How did you, <laughs> yeah. where's this footage from yeah where the hell did y'all get this from listen where did you I, get where did you get waist level look, uh, look. yeah because it, it wasn't even like oh this is some security footage right it was really like right behind her like like you said she was walking behind her like get him girl right <laughs> do it yeah. you got Fucking it camera crew <laughs> yeah i'm like well how the hell did you get this footage where did look, this come from motherfucker no i um <laughs> but yeah when he like you said when he put out that big ass blue grid of a I don't, and I'm honestly, like, I'm looking back through it now. I don't, it started off as, like, a small, 
iPad, like he had it in his hand, but this shit is like the size of a dining room table. And yeah. <laughs> the fact that he has Zinzi's full, like everything, her head to toe, her imagery, her side by side, her front and back, I'm sure her weight, height, eye color, uh, mystical abilities. Like, where are you getting this information? Like, where is this? Oh, yeah. God. This this was a lot. God damn it. No, it was. It was definitely, like, that's what I was saying. Like, the technology was crazy. Um, it, The thing that is funny to see, right, is, like, when you go through the first book, all this technology, all these advances, even when, um, even when he went through the hall of the um, the other Black Panthers yeah, that were before just, him, yeah. mm-hmm. where you were just kind of like, man, like look at all the stuff they got, man, and all this stuff, and then to see him like in another fight or in a situation with people who have less than him, yeah, kind of giving him the business, you kind of like, well, wow, what's all this? Yeah, what's all this for? Right, right. I think. I think the way to equate it for uh, for everybody who's excited about the new, uh, you know, Avengers movie, mm-hmm. think about all this technology that you have, right? And then somebody running up on you and knocking you out the same way, uh, my main my man Thanos, <laughs> <laughs> just slumped Iron Man. Just think about it like that, like that. that's just exactly how I feel. Like yo, he got all of this. Oh wow, he wow, he is asleep. All right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, no, it's. And I think that I like the way that the technology is presented because it feels very subtle in the sense that, you know, we read a lot of books and you just in your day to day life, you hear airplanes overhead, you see cars driving by. I feel like a lot of this, like even though for me, it was grand seeing this like fucking half bird, half helicopter land. It it also feels like, oh, that's just another day in Wakanda. A lot of this technology felt like this is just what we do. This is jarring to me as a reader because we don't have this. But to them, it was just, yeah, um, pull out that 80-inch holographic screen from your wristwatch like you do yeah. on a Tuesday. <laughs> it was very normal for the book, but very opulent for me because I yeah. ain't how Dallas looked. <laughs> I can tell yeah, you my, that. Um... My my Apple Watch don't do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> just tells me to stand up. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it does not open up somebody's freaking biometrics <laughs> at Bruh. all. Look, like, oh. I'm sure there's an app for that, but goddamn, like they don't even need. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, with this scene, another thing I really enjoy, and then I enjoy reading through the book, is the different relationships that people have. Like one T'Challa with his people, and Black Panther with or against his people. The people themselves with Zinzi and her issues, um, Ayo and Anika, their relationship, and then how they relate with Queen Mother. Like, but mm-hmm. the the relationship or the scene or whatever that kind of was my favorite in this issue was this very one with T'Challa returning from the Great Mound and speaking with Queen Mother because this is his mother, but this is his stepmother. She raised mm-hmm. him because his biological mother died during birth. But I'm sure she makes no difference between him and Shuri, his sister, even though that's her biological child because they both were children. But seeing this relationship between them and having it look so familiar to relationships that I have or that I've seen growing up, 
because you know you have that best friend and their mama is your mama you know and you have absolutely you know maybe a stepmom or a stepdad or a, a uncle who's not a real uncle because like it just this relationship between the two of them knowing that they aren't biologically related to one another was really um another one of those things that had me emotional like you know damn this is this seems so a lot i see a lot of me in other relationships that i've had in this relationship between the two of them yeah no i definitely agree and he even like he even addressed it like he was just like when she was talking to him i forgot what exactly she was saying mm-hmm. oh, like i think it was right before she was saying about how everybody else ruled and how he was different but she was saying like you're put, you're applying all this pressure on yourself for no reason like you're internalizing a lot of the um shame and guilt mm-hmm. and all of this other stuff and you shouldn't and he had said like like you said she is wise and she will always talk to me with care even though she is my mother but she is not my mother yep, yep. um and i was just like because i like i said i'm very um new to this mm-hmm. so everything like it's my first time taking it in like what you mean it's not his mama so <laughs> so, so it, you know when he said that and explained it i was looking a little bit deeper and i was like oh dang that's yeah that's wild but like you said we all have some family member who who does that it's like you said it's some uncle uh some aunt or some family friend who will always look out for you and keep it real with you too though mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. hey look you doing a lot of this and you feel bad and you trying to internalize the anger and not take it out on the people but okay yeah some of this is on you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a lot of this is you beating yourself up yeah and you don't need to do that yeah that that when she told him do what you must but don't lose yourself you are not a soldier you are a king and it's again ta did his fucking job. He did what the fuck he was supposed to do. And if anybody thinks that I'm wrong or has a different opinion, you're more than welcome to come on to any one of my shows and we can debate it. But I feel like this motherfucker did his job with this. Like he had, he pulled from somewhere. It may not have been his own relationship with his mother or stepmother or whatever, because I don't know that man's personal life. But he pulled from something that was so genuine, which I'm, um, again, I feel like it's like um, like insecure. Issa Rae did a good job putting on this show, and it centers black people in a way that Friends, Seinfeld, Frasier, um, all these other shows throughout history have done that for white people, where we've had to insert ourselves into um, their shows. Like, oh, I'm kind of like Ross, or I'm kind of like Rachel, or whatever where Issa Rae has made it normal in her show um, that this is what, you know, being an awkward black girl looks like or an awkward person, where now the other races are having to put themselves in, oh, I'm a Issa or I'm a a whatever. And I I bring that up to say that I feel like they both have done a really good job at presenting us with something that has to be based off of something um, personal. Again, it may not be their very own stories, but it's something that, is vibrating on, on a higher frequency because again this felt so familiar this conversation and I ain't no damn king you know I don't I don't know any queens in my family like actual queens of of, of countries and whatnot but this felt mm-hmm. very real and it felt very familiar yeah absolutely like I think she did the thing where she constantly wanted to assure him that above all else mm-hmm like you are still a king. Right, right. Like 
the emotional stuff, the the way you feel physically, the the inner turmoil, all of that. You're still the king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still have you still have a job to do. You still have to help these people, but you can't be out here stretching yourself thin and beating yourself up uh-huh. just to in turn be like, well, now you're ruling. Like you said, the throne is a little shaky. Yeah, a little, <laughs> so, bit, a little bit. So yeah, um, yeah, you gotta tighten up, man. Yeah, stepping your upper lip, motherfucker. Um, moving on, we get Zinsi and Tatu. I think that's how you would say his name. T two yeah. or Tatu? I was saying yeah, I was saying T uh, two. Yeah. Okay. Now the thing that really struck me is that as much as I am into Marvel. I am not 100% familiar with Black Panther lore. And every time I find a Wakandan or anyone associated with Black Panther that I didn't know about, I get excited. Brian Stelfreeze, in his um, uh, representation of T2 and Zinsi, he did a very good job. Uh, Coates, Ta-Nehisi Coates, did a damn good job because I felt as if these people have existed within Wakanda for years. These are brand new characters. These are the first time that they have appeared in Marvel Comics ever is in this first issue. They are not pre-existing characters that he found and decided to do something with. These are new creations and they are both dope as fuck. Like, Titu to me feels like the Black Javar. Like, he is... Okay. I I guess... I can see that. This nigga, I, oh, and, okay, getting ahead of myself, when I f- discovered that T2 actually studied in Wakanda, like, he was a just a regular, everyday college student stuttering, uh, studying in, like, seeing mm-hmm. his, how he's presented initially, and then finding out that little bit of information about him afterwards blew my mind. I'm like, what, this, this nigga finna kill this old man, but then I, I saw, <laughs> boy, He's a college dropout. Bruh, he, he, bro, look. He quit, he quit going to college like, yeah, man, it's not for me. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. And the fact that he was going to college when he himself is a, oh, I don't know. I don't know if Marvel had any kind of reins or um, limitations on the creative team because these two characters, Zinzi and Titu, are not mutants and they're not humans because I told y'all that well half the shit that she's able to do but this motherfucker T2 um, is metahuman hybrid or whatever Mm. as well he can manipulate nature he is has the ability to control the forces of nature like pretty much an avatar like he plants especially so he's like the male he's like the black Javar but then the male poison ivy like That's this, exactly what I thought. Yes, that and it fucked me up, and I like that, and I don't know if it's me being, I don't know, toxic masculinity or whatever, but he moved wood and trees in the way that Poison Ivy does with leaves and mm-hmm. vines, and not to say yeah. she's less deadly, less of a threat because it's more delicate, but seeing him move nature, mainly wood and trees, in the way that I'm used to seeing her move these vines and le- it just something I'm like this nigga got power he <laughs> there's something going on with this man I it, 
was intense. No, it was intense. <laughs> like I, uh, when he went, like when he went to that class and he was talking to his old teacher, it reminded me of a conversation, um, that most people have when they realize they no longer need whatever it is they thought they needed, whether mm-hmm. it's college or church or something else. Right. 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 He was just like, I found like, I feel like the stuff that I learned here was cool, but this isn't the way. Yeah. Um, it was almost, you know, not trying to get too deep into it, but it was almost like, like he was talking about how he converted. Yeah. But Ooh. even cause his teacher, Ooh. his teacher was doing that thing where he was like, but you thought the thing that you left college for, or you left school for mm-hmm. was better. But I heard you do the work of men who work with knives or something like yeah, that. It was yeah. more like who He's died by the sword or something like that. He, science and mysticism. That was the argument that, or the discussion they were having. Right. And he was just kind of like, listen, it's, you know, it was cool while I was here, right. but I'm not here no more. And he right. was like, well, look like you, it looks like you came here to kind of like ask for permission. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he was like, that is not the case. <laughs> it was more, it's more like I already had the answer, but I, I figured I'd swing by and say what's up. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, bye, nigga. Yeah, that, yeah. that, I like, again, these are supposed to be villains, but you, I personally feel like within reading this, they are initially presented as villains, but reading through the story, you see that there's a little bit more to them. It's one of them instances where everyone is the hero in their own story. Black Panther to Black Panther is the hero, but Zinzi and Titu are the heroes. They are the liberators. Like they are, they don't see those themselves as villains because they're not trying to. They're trying to preserve Wakanda in the way that they feel is best because they feel like Black Panther is lacking. And it's like they're not wrong. They're not a hundred percent right, but they're definitely not wrong. So, oh man, Again. no, that's. That's absolutely true. I feel like Marvel was always the best at writing villains like that, mm-hmm. where it was just like, it's not that they're just evil. It's not they're out here being outright evil, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But their view of what's happening in the world is skewed in a way to where you question yourself, like, well, damn, am I a little crazy too? Yeah. Because yeah. the way, like, even if you go back and look at, like, uh, I know some of y'all don't like it, but like even like Ultron, like the <laughs> Avengers, Age yeah. of Ultron is is one of my favorites simply because he just was like, I'm not, I'm I don't want to kill y'all, <laughs> right, but, right, right. <laughs> but it's the best way, <laughs> yes. for things to be better. Like things would be a lot better if humans were not here. I'm just, I know y'all love each other, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just better if I just got y'all up out of here. Right, right. Oh, um, so yeah, it was a lot of that. Uh, also with T2, um, I did get that. Oh, is he the black poison ivy out here? Bruh, he- this nigga. <laughs> this, yeah, he, I'm, I'm a fan. And it's just, I'm, the only thing that has me kind of scared is that when or if, I'll say if if ever Tanahasi it gets off of this run and is no longer handling these characters, I just don't want him to be relegated to the Doctor Voodoo where he's just a caricature. Because there's already they. This is a very good book on all fronts. These people of color, these black people, are getting these stories where even if after reading this you see him as a villain and he's just a villain, you have you can't deny the fact that he's a villain who is a whole character. He's not just, hi, I'm the crazy voodoo black man and this is what I'm doing. Like he has 
agency, he has substance, he has ideas, he has things that if we wrote this story simply from his point of view only, you would see the Black Panther as the villain. He wouldn't be just this, again, black caricature or this trope that's put onto this person that makes him the crazy, mystical black Negro. Like, No, yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> um, I, Man, I, I wouldn't even mind some type of wild spinoff. Um, Listen, yes. Uh, yeah, because... I think we don't get enough of those kind of characters, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like you said, um, what what do we get with, um, I can't think of that lady's name. She was in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It was like, oh, if I if I touch you, your true feelings will come out kind yeah, of thing. Like, Asian chick. Uh, yeah, so like we got that. But I mean, like you said, we want more of that. We want more of that in people of color. We want to see that. We want to see people kind of, uh, use their powers. I think there was a lot of, for lack of a better term, power teasing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, he just did this with some tree roots. Uh, right. She just did this with this man's emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even Black Panther being like, I'm not using the full power of my suit. Right, right. Uh, you know, it was a lot of everybody just kind of being like, well, I'm going to just do a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to just do a little bit. So um, I would definitely like to see more. And speaking of that, too. Um, while we while we're talking about that, I think this is the first time, and I, like I said, I haven't read a ton of comics, so I could be absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think this was the first time too, when um, T'Challa wanted to use the power of his suit when he was like, "She is, she's doing that thing that's making me uh, yeah, like yeah. build up the rage." Yep, yep. He was like, "No, now I'm gonna fully embrace it." Um, when he turned his suit on her, I think that was the first time it hit me to be like, I've never really seen a man in a comic book attack a woman. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I could be wrong. Like I said, there could be tons of like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I know we've seen. I I think I've probably seen like somebody write like a or draw a slap yeah. scene in there. But I mean, fully like powers like slam her up against a tree type mm-hmm. deal. Uh, is when like when we started seeing uh, T2 kind of like use his powers, but it was more, it was more like, oh wow, I I wasn't expecting him to do that. 